friends, and welcome to your Thursday edition of the Kings of Anglia Ipswich Town podcast. How are you feeling? Has it sunk in yet? These are momentous times at Ipswich Town. Momentous times, of course, call for momentous men and women. But I couldn't find any women, so I've got three men. The Wet Bandits and the Prospect, Roscoe, Ross Halls. We're going to start with you, Ross, because you were moonlighting last night on another show. Very disappointed, and you've let yourself down big time. I hope you got a big appearance fee. What have you got to say for yourself? Um, I just wanted to embrace this unbelievable feeling of promotion and uh Yeah, yeah, KOA yeah. Did merch. you tease KOA merch on there? Did you did you talk about uh, KOA merch? Uh no. Pathetic. Absolutely. Well, we can do it now. We can do it now. We can do it now. <laughs> this is We're our show, mate. We're preaching to the yeah. converted. You had a chance to yeah. preach to a, a wider audience. Yeah. Doesn't matter. How was it? Was it good? Yeah, it was good, yeah. Good old Graham. Graham Blackburn, he's a he's a good lad. He's good been... old Graham. Yeah, he's been a he's been a town fan for a long, long time. And uh yeah, it was nice to catch up with him. And then I ran off to play five aside with Stu. So that was good. Perfect segue, Stu. Did you come through that on skate? Did you get sore one? Did you did you dominate like you normally do, you tell us? <laughs> I don't think I've ever told you that. Yes, you have. Um no, I haven't. <laughs> no, you're completely making things up as usual. Uh, I enjoyed it. It was a good session. Did you score? Many? Uh did I, Ross? Yeah, I think I, yeah, I scored. Scored a few. Scored, yeah. Everyone scores a few goals at five aside. They get shared about. That was nice. Good fun. How would you rate Stu's performance last night, Ross? Solid. Had a good few touches. Went in goal. Uh, I think you went in goal, Stu. Did you go in goal? You probably had a stint in goal. You had a stint. Uh, me and him had another tussle. Oh, um, no. But we're both fine, I think. You're fine, still after the tussle? I don't remember the tussle, and I'm absolutely <laughs> That's how fine. fine. It is. Can't have been that much of a tussle. <laughs> okay, don't worry about it. I've got, I've got a bruising on my knee from it, so I remember it. That's how nails Watson is. He doesn't even remember your skirmish, like a like a a fly hitting a windscreen at 100 mile an hour. Sue, how would you rate Roscoe's performance last night? Uh, <laughs> uh seven out of ten. Uh, very yeah. diplomatic. Ross referred to it as going to the cages in, in the group chat, which I thought sounded incredibly cool and tough um, for going to have a, a five-a-side kickabout. I, I like it. The cages. Uh, obviously, I'm a victim of the cages. Hutchie, you've been in the cages. I think you've only made one appearance like myself. Um, how are you on this fine, sunny Thursday morning? I'm all right, mate. No, uh, yeah, no bruises for me. Went for a bike ride last night and made a risotto. That's what I did. So. What sort of risotto? Uh, spring greens. Huh. Very green. Very green risotto. So what are you throwing in there? You've got asparagus, obviously, in there, I assume, have you? Uh, no, no. Um, lots, Just lots of greens. There's actually, they are called spring greens. Oh, They're nice. A, my wife's got them. She, uh, Love. Yeah. Lovely old job. Right then, friends. Should we got on with the business in hand? If we town have been promoted, we've had a few days to digest it, to let it simmer, to kind of marinate in the juices of promotion, to use a, a fairly disgusting um, term. Uh, Rossi, you went with us on Monday. Um, you, you were recovering. Um, I want to go to you first. How was it for you, the whole thing? Because we talked to the boys. We, we looked back at some of the pictures from it. And you were, you were right in there amidst all the, the muck and bullets, the pyro, the, the celebrations, the beer being tossed, all that kind of stuff. How was it for you? Have you washed off the, the blue staining? Um, how are you feeling about things a few days later? Yeah, I did have to have... Well, it took me two showers to get rid of the blue on my neck because that was, yeah, yeah, that was tough to get off. But, um, yeah, what a day. I think a day that I'll remember for the rest of my life because, yeah, I've been a town fan for a very long time. I was very young for, for the Wembley 2000, the Premier League years, but just what a day, you know, from start to finish. I think, you know, Stu and you guys mentioned it on the main pod, you know, early in the week, um, that the coach arrival was probably the best part of the day because... It was like you were in, you know, Turkey or South mm. America somewhere because I was expecting a decent gathering, but not as big as that. And the flags, the flares, everything, um, you know, the game was the game. It was all done in the first half, but the celebrations at the end, I just loved it. And, you know, seeing familiar faces, just some people were crying. There's people crying, grown men crying. Um, it was just a great day. And uh, yeah. A day that I'm, yeah, still looking back now and going, oh, I'm happy I was there. I was hoping for tears on game day. We didn't get any, I don't think. But it was an epic and fantastic watch game day. So go and watch that if you've not already. I'm sure you have. Rossi, that's an interesting point you make. For, for town fans of a certain vintage, like particularly yourself, your kind of age group, the mid-20s, they can't, I'd imagine you can't remember 2000 very well. Um, 
and they can't remember town ever being good, if we're honest. So it must be nice to finally have something to celebrate. Yeah, I was old enough for the Joe Royal two back-to-back playoff seasons, and they were good football to watch. You know, we're going to score more than you. But since then, it's been very much, yeah, well, it's been shit, hasn't it? So just put it out there bluntly. Um, but to actually see a team get it promoted, some people go, oh, it's League One, but of course you're going to celebrate any promotion, any division. So, um, you know, there's so many young, you know, fans who are now probably going to their first games and they can celebrate it straight away. But there's people with my age where we're like, finally, there's an opportunity to celebrate a very good team, a special team. And uh, yeah, I'm just looking forward to the championship now. See you later, Fleetwoods of the world, the Ackertons of the world. No offence to them guys. They've been nice little trips to <laughs> quite a lot to remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but we've done that League One tour now for four seasons. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm done now. So um, see you later. R- Rossi's done. He's moving on. He's moving on up, baby, for this was town. Um, Stu and Andy, you you were kind of on the come down, I guess, on on Monday. You you, you kind of gave the impression you're in a little bit of a dream world, and that's largely because you hadn't been to sleep and you've been working very hard. Um, how are you, how are you feeling about things now? A few days later, you've had a bit more time for it to sink in. Just what's happened and um, what this team have achieved. Yeah, I'm over it now. It's done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever. Uh, back in the championship. No. Um, Ross is right when he says that there is, you do see the odd comment from people going, well, they're just back to where they should never have been in League One anyway. And I don't, you shouldn't really be you know, celebrating this. The mm. hurt will only be gone when they start doing what they should be doing. I, I don't subscribe to that. It's it's taken a lot of hard work to get to get out of this division. We know how hard it's been. Um, you, have to, you have to fully celebrate it. And that was, um, you know, long, long, Standing fans will say that that day matched up to everything that's gone before. You know, different circumstances. Yes, it's not Premier League, it's not Europe, it's not Wembley, and getting back into the Prem. But that was that was very very special for its own reasons, and and that shouldn't be underestimated at all. Hutchie, you reached you reached ten on the fever pitch Hutchie scale on Saturday. You come down the mountain quite a lot by Monday. Um, whereabouts are you now? How are you feeling as we sit here a few days later? Sort of chilling halfway down the mountain with the, the glow at your back of having been to the top. Um, yeah. Still very, very pleased, very, uh, very proud of yourself, of your achievement, getting to the top of the mountain. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Yeah, it's, it's good. <laughs> it's good. Um, lots of people, I've spoken to a lot of people about this, like people... Mm on on the school run who, who talk we talk about football a little bit family things like that and everyone's still clearly just got that nice little glow about about it all um yeah this Stu's right this is people people talking about trying to diminish it by talking about the level that it's come at that's that is a nonsense that's that's a nonsense this is this is the this is the culmination of a lot of pain being being put right and part so much of the joy of it is that there's a genuine feeling that it is the start of something just the start of something so that's how i'm feeling about it excited for the future and um with a nice glow at the back of of everything that's been before as well when you say about sort of speaking to people on the school run and just generally people that you bump into it's the people that you least expect it be like my mum will suddenly mention to me oh that's good isn't it I see they've gone up and uh, you know other people that have not really got any interest in in football but they've suddenly become aware of it it's kind of entered their psyche and it's that adds to what we said in the last pod about how it just affects the town and the county and um it's a feel-good factor that kind of spreads out to far far broader than than we can kind of anticipate really it transcends doesn't it excuse mm. me <clears throat> as you say i had a, i had a, a message from my mum as well i think that's a good test if your mum's messaging about ipswich town my mum hates football mm. that's a really good sign that it's transcended it's crossed the line into the the everyday casual kind of person in suffolk um maybe the nan test could apply as well Hutchie, obviously we talked about that um i've got a question i want to ask you um boys from dan um, we're not doing a mailbag, Dan, but I like this question. He says, <clears throat> is there any needle about promotion with other journos who write about other sides? Have you dished out any smack 
any smack talk, any snarkiness in your profession uh, this week. I remember, Stu, we talked about this when um, Tam were, were cruising. It looked like they were cruising towards promotion under Big Mick, and then it obviously fell apart a bit. Um, and we talked at the time about having a bit more pep to your step, a little bit of swagger when you walk into the into the press boxes. Um, have you been feeling that as well this week? Have you uh, stuck the needle in anywhere? You you boys aren't the sort who would do that. I'd be all over it. I'd be talking trash. No, like that, that's not that's not us. But there are there are some that you can definitely feel get a bit puffed up in in those situations naming no names I, I was very mindful certainly at Barnsley and Peterborough to be when you cover a certain club you can come sort of back into the press room and there are certain people in our profession that are unbelievable stats isn't it and they're getting all excited and and I'm just very aware that there are others in the room that are that are suffering at that moment and um yeah just just be mindful be, be mindful of your audience and, and be a little bit respectful um I think you're That's speaking about say. a specific incident, aren't you? That I can remember. I'm not going to get you to name any names, but I do. I think I know which incident you're talking about. Anyway, um, moving on. Shall we talk about Fleetwood this weekend? Um, there's there's still stuff to play for, boys. The title's on the line at Fleetwood, and there's loads of other things to talk about as well. So, shall we talk about that now? Hutchie, how buzzing are you? First of all, to be going to to Fleetwood, you've barely had any sleep uh, this whole week. Um, there's one game left. There's still things to play for. How are you feeling about this? I'm really happy that this is finishing at Fleetwood. It's it seems perf- a perfect place for Town's League One journey to to reach its final final stop. Um, Accrington would have been more perfect, I think. Um, but but Fleetwood Fleetwood's a nice little way to to go out. I think a, a, a reminder of what's being left behind and what's. Um, What's going forward? Um, and yeah, stuff stuff to play for. Looking forward to it. No no pressure on any of this, which is I think a great thing, um, and could help them achieve what they want to achieve. But the title would be great. But I'm more. I think I'm. I think I'm got more importance on the hundred points and the hundred goals thing. I think that genuinely that feels like a more important thing to achieve to me than um, than the title. Okay, uh, Rossi, let's start with the title then. <clears throat> Obviously, Tanner at Fleetwood. Plymouth, the only side who can deny them the title, are at Port Vale. Now, we know the Valiants can be a tough nut to crack. Uh, we've seen that just recently with Town. Um, how would you rate those two games <clears throat> in terms of the potential outcomes and, and whether or not you think Town will be lifting that title come, what would it be, half two on Sunday? They're both away games, so yeah, mm. I think if, if Plymouth were at home, then yeah, you go, yeah, Plymouth, happy days, job done. As well, town really, at Portland Road. Um, both got nothing to play for, have they, Port Vale and uh, Fleetwood? I think there was that question mark, Port Vale could potentially be in that relegation battle, but they're very much clear from that, I think, a few games ago. Um, Fleetwood had a better season this year. Last year, they stayed up on goal difference on the last day, so they've had a very big improvement under Scott Brown, and then Port Vale... You know, they, they sacked their manager, Dara Clark, and, uh, you know, they've had some good results to stay up. Um, so, I don't know. I don't really know who's got the hardest game, really. Um, Port Valve pitch is not great. I, I don't know about Fleetwood's pitch. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it, in ballot, it's the same pretty much. I think it's pretty much the same. So, yeah. I Best think team wins. At, you look at the home records, Port Vale have got a marginally better home record by okay. one win and one point. And obviously, Town have got a marginally better away record than Plymouth. Mm. Um, how do you see this one going in terms of the title, Stewie? Do you think we'll be drinking champagne out of the League One trophy on Sunday? I think they've had a fair bit of champagne themselves already <laughs> over the last few days, haven't they? Yeah. It's uh, how the Ipswich players are going to get themselves going again after some deserved celebrations that I think went on over the bank holiday weekend, back to training on Tuesday. Then they had their end-of-season dinner on Tuesday night that looked like it, it went on quite late as well. Um, I would imagine adrenaline will, will get them get them through the game and I think they'll switch on to that competitive mindset quite quickly um, as this game comes up. As you say, plenty to play for still. Chaplin will be after the Golden Boot. Walton's after the Golden Glove. I think there's a record, a Football League record for goal difference that could be achieved. Um, 
yeah, it's it's impossible to call. If Plymouth do it and they're in they're in the box seat because they're ahead, then you will, will have to kind of doff our caps to them because it's just mad that Ipswich could break all of these records: hundred points, hundred goals. You could have the leading goal scorer, most assists. All of these things, they'll lead the way in pretty much every stat going and still not be able to win the league. So all, all you could do in that situation is is um is applaud Plymouth. Does it does it matter, Hutchie, the title? After this incredible season, town have swept all beside uh, in front of them away, they've set all these records, the stats are ridiculous. Will there would there be an asterisk though next to Ipswich Town season if they don't win the title for you does it matter no no uh, um i'd love the pictures i'd love the scenes i'd love to i'd love to sort of have those pictures forever of of sam morsey lifting the trophy that'd be brilliant of course it would but like like i said for me for me this whether they win the title or not this season will be remembered as the year town hopefully managed 100 goals and 100 points in the league which is something i don't think an efl team have ever done Man City have done it in the top flight, but I don't think an EFL team have ever done that. They certainly haven't done it and finished second. Mm. Um, hitting 100 points doesn't happen very often. It's been five five years or so or more since any EFL team in any division hit 100 points. Um, so for me, for me, I'm more. I'm if Ipswich can score that one goal to hit the century, I'll, I'll be staggered if that doesn't happen. And then take the win to get their own 100 points. That that would define Ipswich's season for me, and that's that's how I would that's how I would remember it. Although, of course, it would be nice to have a have the proper trophy to uh, to celebrate that with. I think they did, I think there is a trophy for second place, by the way. There's a, is there? a small yeah, I think Why so. Why bother with that? Because like I think the they... participation award you get at school. Well, you've you've come say yeah. It's not necessarily some. I don't think it's quite. It's not sort of, not something you'd cover, is it? But it's a it's just a, a token of your achievement. Um, but yeah, the real the real trophy is what they want. But for me, it's the for me it's the stats that that's what that's what I want them to come away with yeah. from from Sunday. Finishing second will leave them open to I'm sure Norwich fans and a few others, salty fans of other clubs that have just missed out, sort of jumping on, going oh for the team that's supposedly the best in third tier history, you haven't even won the league, and there there'll be a little bit of that. Um, but. However this ends, if Plymouth finish above Ipswich, you wouldn't swap places with them at all because I know which team, which club is better equipped to be a success in the Championship next year and that's throwing no shade on Plymouth whatsoever. I've got nothing but respect for what Stephen Schumacher, also in his first full year of senior management, has done there. They've had Whitaker recalled in January. They've had their star goalkeeper ruled out for the season in February. But if you look through their season, they've come out on the right side of a lot of, I'm going to use the phrase, Mark, fine margins, <laughs> where they've had deflected winners and moments where their goalkeepers, you know, um, saved them in games, things like that along the way. Um, but Ipswich, going back to the, the Jerry Barton comments very early in this League One journey at Fleetwood, where he talked about, is it built on solid foundations? This is built on solid foundations at Ipswich Town. This is one lone player who they will probably sign. This is a good age group of players that are, that are going to improve. It's a style of play that has a high ceiling of success. So does it really matter if it's got a title at the end of this? Not really. Fair enough. I suppose going back to the trophy, Hutchie, if you get a trophy finished in South, I suppose it would be worse if they gave a trophy finishing third, wouldn't it, in the... Uh... In the League One race, especially to, to Sheffield Wednesday, given what they've done this season, and also Ross, in terms of celebrations, how good is Greg Lee at singing? He's very good. Lovely tones in, the, in that voice of his. Um, <laughs> lovely tones. Oh, lovely tones. Absolutely lovely tones. Yeah, he's got a different range, and he? he also can play the piano. <clears throat> so yeah, if I ever get married, I'm going to get on a Greg Lee to come come to my wedding. Yeah, be the be the music do man. That. He'd do Absolutely that. Don't, don't you worry about that. Yeah. I see Carl Edwards is getting back in the booth as well. Um, mm. Shared a picture, didn't he? Of a mic. We might have a promotion song coming 
him and Lee. I, I think it's fitting. It's fitting that Greg Lee's kind of finishing the League One journey for Ipswich on the piano. Because do you remember it started with Toto and Ciala on the piano yeah. during their preseason tour of Germany? And I think Greg Lee's a better pianist than Toto as well. So it, it may be a an upgrade in all areas uh, <laughs> across the last four years. Maybe they can have a piano off on Sunday. Um, Rossi, if uh, if Town do indeed get to 100 points, 100 goals, the man you would back to score that goal, or at least one of those goals, would be Connor Chaplin, who also is leading the Golden Boot race. He's one goal ahead of uh, Johnson Clark Harris. Um, how are you feeling about, about that particular stat going into this weekend? What I'm essentially asking you is, will Connor Chaplin score at Fleetwood? Yes, of course he is. Um... But also, as once gets the running joke, I think we all want if you know who was going to score the goal to find a clinch promotion. Like everyone was like, "Oh, Janoy Denashen would be the man." But wouldn't it be great <laughs> if he was able to score at Fleetwood on Sunday? Oh yes, to it finish would. the league, the League One campaign, his first ever town goal um, to go goodbye League One. Don't want to see you again. And Janoy Denashen, the man who's been up and down with us throughout this journey. Um, but yeah, Connor Chaplin, he's, he's going to score surely, and. Uh, He's well deserving. He's won all the awards for the club now. He's winning awards in the you know League One EFL awards. But for him to get that golden boot as well, that would be a, a great achievement. And that would be the first time since Daryl Murphy. Did Daryl Murphy win the golden boot in the championship season? No idea. I'd imagine he had to be up there. Bear with me. Um, someone take over. Okay. Well, you know, last week we were talking about who did we most want to score the goal that would seal promotion. There came a point in that first half where I turned to Andy and said they might all end up scoring yet (laughs) (laughs) as the goal started going in. Um, Then we talked about whether we'd want the Harry Clark uh, power effort from outside the box. I've changed my mind. I don't want that to happen on Sunday. He can save that for Norwich next season. No. Keep, keep that one up your back pocket. So did you see the footage of um, Harry <clears> Clark <throat> leading the uh, some Norwich-based chants at the end of the game in front of the North Stand? That feels like that's he's destined to be a bit of a Derby Day hero. So, yeah, you can save that one, Harry. If that's a kind of a once-in-a-season once moment, that's the game I want that one to come in. I want Genoi from 45 yards at the weekend on the volley, Stu. <laughs> <laughs> in off the bar Quite absolutely in off, in off the bar still be going if the bar wasn't there Rossi you've got something to say have you, have you checked the stat yeah he was top goal scorer 27 goals so uh, there you go that's the stat okay right then Andy there's three more things that could happen in this game let's talk about them all now you can pick which one we do golden glove for Christian Walton personal targets in terms of goals we know that obviously Chaplin if he scores that'll be his 30th league goal uh, sorry goal of the season not league goal Freddie Ladapo could officially break the 20s, he's already on 20, but he could break himself into the 20s with a goal here. And also, you've got Wes Burns and Nathan Broadhead, who could both notch double figures. Burns needs a goal to hit 10, Broadhead needs two to hit 10. And if Wes Burns hits 10, he'll be a double-double man in terms of goals and assists, which is quite rare. There's not many of them. I think, in fact, only Aaron uh, Collins in League One this season at Bristol Rovers. Um, And finally, if they avoid defeat... I understand from our friend Renegade Statman, it would be the fewest defeats ever in an Ipswich Town season. Just four defeats, which is pretty bloody tasty. How do you feel about that melting pot of stats, Hutchie, that I'm throwing at you? It's a stats, stats heaven at Fleetwood, <clears throat> isn't it? Mm. Um, the goal, I think Christian Walton and Ipswich in general claiming that kind of clean sheet, um, clean sheet prize is great. He's one ahead of James Trafford of Bolton. So, they could do that just both by Bolton conceding a goal on in their final day game um, would would secure that. Christians won it before uh, at Wigan, but just to add that um, add that would be a nice touch because this season's been all about Ipswich scoring goal after goal after goal, but also not letting very many of them in as well. So that deserves a golden recognition, um, just in the same way that that Connor Chaplin would um, would take that on behalf of the team. Christian can take the glove dipped in gold on uh, on behalf of the entire Ipswich team. Do they actually get a golden glove? Do you I think get so. A... Do you? Yeah, I think so. That'd be 
pretty tasty, wouldn't it? All I can ever think now when you say Golden Glove is the image of um, Martinez after the World Cup <laughs> and what he decided to do with his Golden Glove. <laughs> Christian doesn't strike me as that kind of guy, no. that kind of guy but, but you never know, do you, if the emotion gets you. Stu, have you got any, any other stats jump out of you that you want to you want to talk about a little bit? Um, no, the the other one that I mentioned is is the goal difference one. Ipswich are on uh, what are we on? We're on da, 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 sixty six plus sixty six. Crazy. Uh, Reading finished on plus sixty seven in the championship in 05-06, which I believe is the the football league record ever. Man City got plus seventy nine in the Prem. A few years ago, but the football league record, I believe, is Reading's of plus sixty-seven. So a, t- a two-goal margin of victory would would beat that, which would be which would be quite something. Do we think then, boys, as we look to round this up? I, I know it's hard to predict, but I'm going to get a yes/no answer from all of you. Ross, are Richard Town going to win the title on Sunday? Yes. No, no, no. Oh, don't say <laughs> yes. just, just move on. He's, he's, had it, he's, had it, he's had his go. Move on. Yeah, Stewie, what do you reckon? Yes or no? Uh, reluctantly, no. Hutchie? No. 100 points, 100 goals, Hutchie. Yes or no? Yes. Rossi? Yes. Stewie? Yes. Chaplin Golden Boot, Stewie. Yes or no? Yes. Hutchie? Big yes. Rossi? Who are Peter Warplan? They are at Barnsley. Oh, so Colin Chapman is going to be the golden boot. Excellent. We got there in the end. Golden glove, Stewie, for Walton. Yes or no? How many is he ahead of? Uh, one. One ahead. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hutchie. Yeah. Yes. We'll see. Colin Chapman, 30 goals. I think we've already established that. How about Wes Burns becoming a double double man, Hutchie? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Where's Burns? Yeah. It would be nice if Burns and Chappers both scored, wouldn't it? Being as they're top mates. Yeah. Stewie, double-double for Burns. What, what does he need? One goal. He needs one goal. No. <laughs> oh, I like it. Rossi? Yes. And we all obviously think they're going to win. I'm taking it, so I'm not going to ask the fewest defeats question. Let me, let me finish with this then, boys. If Ipswich Town don't win League One, then there's, there's, mixed, there's mixed thoughts there. They are statistically, as I understand it, the best team has ever been in League One. Managers have picked up on that. If they don't win League One, though, can they call themselves the best team in League One this season? If they don't win the league? No. No, I don't. Yeah, they can call themselves that, but I don't think it's going to catch on. <laughs> I, think, I, I think you let other people do that. I think you let yeah. the other managers talk about how good you've been, but you can't really sit there and say we're the best team because if you haven't finished top you've not been the best team table doesn't lie as we're often told um do we care boys let's just talk about what else is going on in league one what can be decided do we care about the playoffs we know Sheffield Wednesday and Barnsley are going to finish third and fourth but deliciously they can have a say in what happens beneath them because Sheffield Wednesday playing Derby who are in sixth and Barnsley as previously discussed are hosting Peterborough who are the only side who can break into the playoffs if they uh, if they get the win and obviously Derby slip up. They'd need Derby to lose and they'd need to win. Um, have you got any kind of thoughts there? Have you got any preference in terms of playoffs, Hutchie, as to what happens there? It's nice to just sit back and watch it all unfold, isn't it? Yeah, I'm really looking forward to watching it. Um, I'd I'd quite like Sheffield Wednesday to come up, if I'm if I'm honest. I think that I think that would a little bit of a another kind of extra spicy game to add to the roster next season. I, I wouldn't trade places with any of these League One teams. I, I, I want to be, I want Ipswich Town um, hmm. and, and what they're at. Bring Wednesday up. I like going to Hillsborough. Um, do battle again with them next year. Sky is showing both those games, the Derby uh, Wednesday game and Barnsley Peterborough, I think, kind of side to side channel. So you can do the old flip back and forth between the two and pretend you care. Stewie, uh, you've already tipped Barnsley to win the playoffs. Have you change your mind on that still feeling that way just based on what we what we saw of them in the game recently and some of their form I don't know where Sheffield Wednesday are at psychologically to be able to kind of dust themselves down but maybe they've been able to kind of get their heads around it and they've got some players coming back haven't they um 
I haven't really got any dog in this fight. It's just going to be quite nice to sit back and, and watch it stress-free. Um, unpopular opinion. I quite like Paul Warren. I know he's I know he's Norwich, but I, as a as a manager and a man, I just I just kind of like like the way he is. Um, so yeah, that's I, I don't really care to be honest. Which which of those teams? I think up. I think they'll win. I think they'll win League One next year, Derby. I thought if if they don't get up through the playoffs, I think he'll get. I think he'll get them winning League One next year. It might be what they need. I think you're right, Stu. I think Derby County do deserve to go up. Correct, um, Rossi. How about the relegation battle? Because we know Forest Green are down. Sorry, Big Dunk and Stu, um, and Accrington are, are basically there. They're not technically mathematically relegated, but they'd need a ridiculous swing. So there's two left three teams in the mix and one of those teams is your dark horse for the season Cambridge. <laughs> um, yeah. Cambridge Morecambe MK Dons in the relegation battle uh, Mike Bacon former of his parish said that Cambridge would go down so uh, he yeah. potentially what he was talking about you got any 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 feelings about the, the relegation battle do you care not really because yeah you know they're going to be playing league two football and we're going to be playing championship football um i want cambridge to stay up just for that little connection i've got with my dad living there yeah. um you know so yeah Morecambe and milton Keynes can go down can't they um <laughs> so once again, i've got no beef for that that's that's another story for another day I don't, I don't really care about that but um that'd be nice if cambridge could stay up so um yeah and then for the playoff one just to bring my mm. talk do you know what bolton go on yeah. Bolton. Why Bolton? Um, I don't know. It's just something about Bolton I like. Um, that they won the uh, course the Pizza Trophy. So Andy, sadly, that love affair is now over with us going to the championship. But um, yeah. To Bolton, be fair, Bolton. it would be good to have Bolton next season with Town in the Championship, wouldn't it? Just so we can have fun with the Tough Sheet Stadium. Um, there's a lot. Of, yeah. There's a lot of potential fun to be had around that. Well. Um, right then, friends. That brings us to the end of this particular chat. But I have one more question I want to ask you, boys, and this is worthy potentially of a, a pod in its own. So let us know if you'd like to talk about us to talk about this more widely. I listened to a really good podcast recently. Uh, there's a guy called Dan Carlin, who's a historian who does very epic podcasts about history, as you'd imagine. Uh, but he's also a huge sports fan, so he, do, he does little spin-off shows. And the one he did recently was about um, comparing athletes and teams of the present to teams of the past and athletes of the past and his argument which he spent about an hour and a half making was that boxing is the only sport where you could take a champion of the past and put them in the ring with champion of the present and expect that champion to beat the present champion his argument was basically although obviously sports um strength and conditioning and all that kind of stuff and nutrition has advanced boxing is a sport where skill and experience trumps everything and back in the day when fighters used to have like 70 fights a year, they were tough. They knew what they were doing. They could old man their way through fights. And compared that to a champion now who maybe fights once a year, yes, they have advantages in terms of physicality, but the skill and the knowledge would be enough to get the, the old school champion through. So I thought by way of ending the show today, um, boys, I'd ask you, how you how do you think this, this side, this record-breaking historic Ipswich Town side would fare against the last Ipswich Town side to win promotion? the 2000 side, almost quarter of a century ago. Um, I know it's a higher level, clearly, championship up into the Premier League. So this is, this is a different level. But these are really, really good players we've got at Switch Town. And one would argue, and I think it probably backed up by science, that the advances in nutrition and, and strength and conditioning and fitness and all that kind of stuff since 2000 have come on in leaps and bounds. So you'd expect this side to be fitter and stronger, more athletic. Um where should we start? Let's start with you, Hutchie, because you you actually went to see that side. You can remember that side probably better than than all of us. How would how would you see a, a, a hypothetical game between the, the two sides playing out? A really good game for a start. Um, mm. we, that tip switch team were very fit. Remember in two thousand, it's like yes, things have moved on a bit. It's not. I don't think it's that long ago, and we've got to remember that they. They were some incredibly good football players that a year later finished fifth in the Premier League. Mm. Um, both of the teams are. I think it could be a really good match. Yes, Ipswich would the current Ipswich would have that physical advantage, and 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 they're more of a running team. Perhaps they're certainly more more in a more of an aggressive team than than George Burley's team in terms of pressing and things like that. But 
they had some incredibly good players in that town team in 2000. Jim Magilson spraying the ball around, Matt Holland in midfield, um, Royster off the bench, Marcus Stewart, as clever a striker as you will find with his movement, hard work from Richard Naylor when he came in. The goalkeeper was brilliant, Richard Wright. Um, I think town might have, the current town would have a bit of an edge at fullback potentially. Mm. Um, and, and that, I think, they they would really test George Burley's team down the down the flanks. That would be where they'd get their joy. The other thing, of course, too, would be would be tactically McKenna and Burley. McKenna, as we know, is one of these new school, um, very progressive thinking managers. How do how do you think that kind of matchup would play out between those two? Um, my instinct on this conversation is to say, as much as we're getting swept up in the enjoyment of the current situation, and I don't want to feels wrong to kind of put any knock on these. We do have to remember, as Andy said, that was a team that went on to finish fifth in the Premier League the following season. Mm. So for me, even taking into account everything you've said about if, we, if we're going to give, the, the, if we're going to put the fitness improvements on the table and everything like that, it's it's still the team of 2000 that wins, that wins this game. Okay. Rossi, have you got any thoughts? It'd be a good game, as um, Andy said. It'd be a good it would game be a good game. I'd like to see it, to be fair. Yeah. It would be a really good game. Although most of the, uh, obviously, the 2000 team, they're in their 40s now. No, I don't mean I'd like to. Yeah, come, on, <laughs> come on, come on. We're talking about it now, and obviously it's only one. Yes, yes. Uh, to- Tony Mowbray is in his <laughs> mid to late fifties. Like, let's yeah. let's give the guy let's give the guy a break. Although I think I think Matt Holland probably still do a job. He's aging yeah. in reverse. Um, so yeah, but so obviously we clearly Ross. If they played as they are now, this yeah. team would win. But in a hypothetical match, thoughts? <laughs> oh, for goodness' sake! <laughs> you know what I meant. I'm yeah. joking. Um, yeah. I think <laughs> both, yeah, both have got very good players, but I think the 2000 team just edges it just overall. Um, I think the fullbacks, as Andy said, I think would, you know, that'd be a good battle there. Yeah. You've got Richard Wright, who, did he go to the Euros that year or was, you know, and stuff like that? And he went to Arsenal and all that. Um, but there is some players you can talk like Connor Chaplin, he'll probably fit in here, Wes Burns and all that. Um, but yeah, two very good teams, special teams that had both promotions and memories forever. All right, then. If if 23 years isn't enough to make enough of a difference, Stewie, how about pitting this side against the 1981 UEFA Cup winning side? Let's put some respect on the 81 <laughs> side here. Listen, come on. Come on. Look, i I'm. I've, I think I've made it very clear at the start of this podcast that we shouldn't diminish this achievement of what this team has done and the level it's come at. But yeah, let's. We're we're, we're talking different levels here, aren't we? That's all I can right. say. Clearly, in, in terms of uh, skill and what they achieved, that eighty-one side, you'd imagine, would be streets ahead. But would they? In term, it's a genuine question because I think it's an interesting debate. In terms of physicality and fitness and athleticism, would they be able to to hang with modern day players? Well, this is a, I know, yeah, I know what you're saying about that. Players are playing until they're older now. You've got Zlatan and people in different sports, Jimmy Anderson, Roger Federer. It's they're different different beasts now, and I think players of the past would would recognise that there was a different lifestyle you know, with the drinking and the smoking and, and stuff like that. But these are also players from that era that played best part of 70 games in a season, you know, which have, have had the size of squad that they've had this season and five subs and, and things like that. So I don't know, are we, get, are we saying that this team gets the benefits of, of all of that against the team of the past as well? It's It's an interesting debate to have, but we're talking about a team that won that competed at the very top end of English football against a team that's that's just got out of League One. It's it's not a conversation for me, even taking into account all those things. John okay. Walker's 65 as well. He's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's going to struggle with, with Sam Morsi in there. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously, Stu, you're kind of implying that it's offensive to even be having this question, this kind of conversation. But I, I genuinely, there's no offence meant. 
it's it, it's a genuine question about advancement of athletes and techniques and tactics and sport. Well, I, I don't think it's an unfair question to ask if a modern day football team. No, I get it. I get it because I've done. I've looked back. <clears throat> it's not my era of football, but I have watched back like the '78 Cup final, and um, it's it's interesting watching those games through the prism of of today the state mm. of the pitches what was allowed in terms of tackles um yeah. <laughs> it does it does That's look true, it does look slower i don't know if the, the the tv sort of footage of it does does that justice the sort of the speed of the game um yeah it's it yeah no it's it's an interesting question to be had but um but yeah uh, it's a comparison between two two different levels of of achievement is is what I would say. So, um, yeah, I don't know. You'd have you'd have to ask the players of that era. I'd be very interested to know what what George Burley and John Walk and Mick Mills would 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 have to say about that. I'm sure there would be a bit of a wry smile to say, yeah, yeah, maybe the, these guys are fitter, but we could we could play. No, of course they could play absolutely, and and someone like, for example, Kevin Beattie, physically, you know, athletically, yeah, um, at his peak, I think would 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 fit in any era. He was he was a freak athlete. Um, I just thought it was an interesting interesting yeah. conversation to throw out there. And let us know what you think. Um, please, no headline saying Mark Heath thinks this side could beat the eighty one UEFA Cup on this side because that's not what I'm saying. I'm just Do thinking you, it's interesting. I, I think in a, in a match between the two, as I've said, clearly the eighty one side would. You'd imagine be streaks ahead skill wise, but would they be able to get far enough ahead in a game that the last seventy, last twenty minutes, for example, which is where you'd expect the fitness of this side to come in, um, that they they would be able to to hold out? Because I think that's how it would play out. There's no, I don't think you could argue that this side or any kind of professional football side would be fitter, stronger, better nutrition behind them. Um, and that would that would play a part. There's no there's no doubt about it. I think I genuinely think it's a really interesting conversation across the whole of of sport as to as to because it's, it's the classic conversation, isn't it? How do you compare one athlete? Is LeBron James better than Michael Jordan? Um, you know how the teams from this era? How does this Man City side compare to great side? All that kind of stuff. Howard Harlan? How does he compare with Shearer? Um, and that kind of thing. I think it's a really interesting debate. And as I say, it's, I'm not meaning any offence by it. Yeah, no, it is, it's a question that will never be answered. But I think in general, in sport, boundaries are always being pushed, aren't they? There's mm. world records fall in athletics all the time because there's always advancements in what the limits that people can push themselves to. I think in general, sometimes we can, we can fall into a bit of recency bias. There's a debate now about Haaland and people forget just how good... You know, people now saying, "Is he better than Henri?" I saw that was a debate on one, I think, on Talksport, one of the radio stations recently. And people going, "Well, come on, let's not forget how good people like Henri and Shearer were, and people like that." It's mm. it's easy to kind of, yeah, just just remember what what what's just happened in front of your eyes, and, and forget just how good some of the teams and the players of the past have been. Mm. Yeah, let us know what you think. Anyway, as I say, no offence meant. I don't want people coming at me saying. You're being ridiculous, Heath, at least no more than normal. Um, I get that from my wife every day anyway. Um, but I, I genuinely do think it's an interesting discussion across all of sport. And let's finish, Ross, with a, another interesting discussion about another team that could be making history on Sunday. Um, sadly, at the same time, I don't know how this happened as the men, which seems ridiculous. But anyway, Ipswich Town ladies have a huge game on Sunday. They do indeed. Um, Oxford United at the AGR Arena, 2pm kickoff in Felixstowe. Um, if they win, they win the title, but they have to hope Watford lose, who are at Billericay. Um, So it's out of their hands, really. With talent, it was in our hands, with the men's team, but the women's team, it's out of their hands. They've got to hope Billericay do us a favour and draw or beat Um Watford, and then we've got to beat Oxford, of course. So, um, big day um, is a shame, as you said. You know, the men are going to be in Fleetwood. There's going to be a beam back at Portland Road. Um, I think 5,000. It's, it's going to be crazy to think there's going to be 5,000 people at the beam back in a Fleetwood. How much does Fleetwood hold? Is that pretty similar, I think? 
I think there's going to be more potentially more town fans at the beanback, isn't there, than actually yeah. at the, the real game? That's just yeah. mad, isn't it? That is just crazy. But um, no, big game. Um, of course, though, they can win, say they win the title, but then they've got to play a playoff to get promoted. So all that glory, <laughs> lifting the trophy around. But then, oh, okay, two weeks later, we've got to play a playoff game against Nottingham Forest, which will be the team, and that'll be at Stadium MK. I think the 20th of May, I think is the date. But yeah, big day. Um, so if you're not going to the Beanback, not going to Fleetwood, um, go and support the girls. Uh, 2 p.m. kickoff at Yale Jail Arena. Okay, That's... so it's actually it's a later kickoff. I, did, I thought it was exactly yes. the same time. Yeah, no, later kickoff, 2 p.m. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, Hachi. That's changing though, isn't it, Ross? For next season, isn't yes. it? The, the promotion formula is changing. So hopefully, Ipswich do it this time. But if they don't, they can simply get up by winning their league next year. That's right, isn't it? That is, yeah. So, yeah, win the title and you actually can celebrate it properly and go up and then this, whoever finishes seconds will go into the playoffs. So, uh, so that's a nice change and a, a much-needed change. So, uh, yeah, obviously, that'd be great if they can win this year, but at least next year they will know if they win the title and, you know, go on an unbelievable run, they will be up. So, uh, yeah, a good change and hopefully a first of many changes in the women's game. Superb. And you've done a, you've done a, a special Tractor Girls talk, haven't you, around... Yes. All things it's which town ladies. So go and listen to that if you've not. A fan social coming at you tonight, Rossi. It is, yeah. Gonna be um, once again celebrating the promotion and stuff, looking at the Fleetwood and the strike as always. Um so yeah, stay tuned to that. Peachy and Steve Mellon is uh, oh, really? joining us. Yeah. I like the way you say the strike. Can you say the strike normally? The strike. <laughs> it's normally the strike. Yes. yes. Um boys, Andy, Stewie, we're coming to the end of a Incredible, eventful, historic, somewhat ludicrous season, all things considered. You've got one more trip to make to Fleetwood. How, how are you feeling? Anything else to talk about before you uh, climb into your little, uh, your little whatever it is, Honda Jazz, and trek up to Fleetwood for the final time with your little box of sandwiches? There's no box of sandwiches for me. I don't think I've taken a sandwich <laughs> anywhere this year. Um, one more trip in the Honda Jazz. Yeah, very... Let's put some miles in that jazz this year. It's seen some things. It's been some places. Um, but hasn't yeah. witnessed a second of the football. It's been there. Yeah. It's been there for all these big games, but hasn't <laughs> but hasn't hasn't actually seen any of it. That's that's the unsung hero of the season, the jazz. If only it could talk what tales it would tell. People know about the jazz now. We pulled up at Peterborough and some fans got out and said they said one I said to my mate, there's a Honda Jazz there. I wonder if it's the boys <laughs> from the KOA. <laughs> Oh. Amazing. Oh. We oh. go again. Good times. We do go again. One game left. Um, anything else to mention, boys, before I do my usually shambolic outro? No other, no other business. business. Rossi, no. unmuted yourself to shake your head. I like it. <laughs> I was going to say something, but then, yeah. Uh, I want to just... Um, yeah. Sorry, actually, one more thing. Um, this is now me pondering to the fans, but um, oh. well done to everyone. For, for for Saturday and also to all the KOA army for listening throughout the season. I know we do in the season pods and stuff, but I just want to say a big shout out to them as well because they're another unsung hero who tune in every week. Lovely stuff, Ross. Absolutely lovely stuff. Um, right then, friends. All that's left to say then is please support our sponsors. Use the code KOA at manscaped.com for 20% off and free delivery on all their tip-top clobber, including the Weed Whacker 2.0. Go back and watch uh, Hutchie giving that the, uh, the nose test a few shows ago. Also, Get the badge in, support the boys at Ginger Pickle. Um, if you need help with your Google advertising, your SEO, your your rankings in various things, Hutchie's finding the badge there. There we go. Get involved with Ginger Pickle. Tony Southgate, they're the ones to get involved in. And also, as Stu and Ross are, are nicely um, <laughs> displaying here, you can buy your own KOA merch. And what better time to do that than this weekend with Town on the brink of hopefully winning the title, but definitely promoted. Um, there's going to be 15% off across the shop this weekend. So get yourself some some clobber. The hoodies are the top sellers, but we've got hats, we've got mugs, we've got dog bandanas, we've got insulated water bottles. There's a KOA pint glass on there, which I'm definitely going to order for myself. That would be perfect for, for toasting uh, during the long summer months as we look forward to the championship. We'll post a link there as well. Um, so that's it, friends. Um, a little mini, mini podette of 49 minutes to build up to the final game of the season. Obviously, we'll be back next week to talk all about how everything's happened, if Town have won the, tro the league title, how the season's been, all that kind of reflective stuff. And then, excitingly, the whole summer stretches ahead to build up to the championship. Please don't think I was saying this side would beat 
the 1981 UEFA <laughs> Cup side. That's not what I'm saying at all. I, I'm uh, just posing so, the question. Sometimes you get. Sometimes we've had sites, other sort of football sites, listen in on this and turn yeah. turn our words <laughs> into web stories. I really oh, I hope that happens. That'd yeah, be no. great. Just for the record, that's not what I'm saying, friends. I was posing the question. I was playing Mate, the devil's avocado. They won't be listening to this bit, don't you? Run, <laughs> if they found their gold and then turned off and started typing. Yeah. Anglian head of sport, Mark Heath, says League One title winners would destroy UEFA Cup winners. <laughs> Can you imagine? See that's the headline. Now. Yeah, <laughs> I've just said it. Superb. Anyway, friends, if you're going to the game, well played. If you're going to the beanback, enjoy. And if you're going to the ladies' game at, at Felix Stowe, enjoy that as well. And hopefully we get an excellent result there. We could have... Two, so could we have two title winners, Rossi, on Sunday? Yes. Wow. What a way to finish this season. It seems only fitting. Have a great weekend, whatever you're doing. And we'll be back next time to talk to you again. 